Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. HBO's original The Invisible Pilot is a three-part documentary series by Emmy Award-winning Filmmakers Phil Lott and Ari Mark. It is a tale of a charismatic daredevil husband and father who unexpectedly jumped off a bridge in 1977 despite a seemingly happy home life and a lucrative career as a pilot. His small town Arkansas community searches for his body in vain while family and friends seek answers. That is just barely even scratching the surface of this incredible three-part series that will be premiering on HBO uh, this coming Monday, April 4th. Be looking for the official time. It starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. Congratulations to both of you for this wonderful three-part series. We are joined today by the director, co-directors of the film, Phil Lott and Ari Mark. Welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. I, as I said to you before we got started, I remember this. I lived through much of this and remember being glued to all of the news reports and television reports and all of the things that went on. But that really is more the tail end of the story that you tell in this film. Tell me how you got to know about Gary Betzner. I'll start with you, Ari. Look, we, we were always on the hunt for, for stories, right? That's what we do. That's what we love. That's what we get drawn to. Because if you're going to do this business, you got to kind of go all in. And if you're going to devote your life to something, make sure you're telling important stories that, that you care about. Phil was at a film festival. I think it was the Sonoma Film Festival. And he met a screenwriter, right? Because he's British. So he likes to talk to people. So, <laughs> so he's talking to the screenwriter. And, you know, what are you working on? What are you working on? Oh, we do documentaries. Oh, I'm a screenwriter. And Essentially, what happened was he starts telling him this story that he's fictionalized as a screenplay. And Phil's going, okay, you know, the internal checklist. Yes, yes. <laughs> twists and turns. Okay, wait a second. What? How is this real? So as soon as he came back to the office, we start talking about it. And he goes, you know, I, he's obsessed with Iran-Contra. And I find Iran-Contra impossible to understand. So I was like, oh, my God, could this be a digestible way for a younger generation to understand what Iran-Contra actually is. And so sure enough, we started digging in more and every step of the way, it was another, holy cow, holy cow, holy cow. We love mystery. We love undermining, I think, what you think a genre is. And I think we wanted to play with that a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, we wanted to sort of do something that was political, but we wanted to do something that had a criminal element. And we wanted to do something, and it had all these hallmarks of things that we love, which is frankly, just the unexpected and a character study in the little guy up against the institution. And how the hell did he get from here all the way up to the White House? Well, where do you begin? I mean, you, you've got this, this uh, screenwriter. He's written this incredible screenplay about Gary. How do you start to unpack that? Where, where, what's that process look like? It's a, it's a really good question because I think this is a very unique situation in as much as a local filmmaker, a, a guy called Craig Hodges, had been documenting his the story of this family friend he'd had for all these years. And these, these hours and hours of interviews of personal testimonies, he'd been doing over eight or 10 years or whatever. And we got access to that. We also did our, our own interviews because I think it was super important for us to tell our story. And I think what we decided to do very quickly in, in sort of looking at the story was, as Ari was just saying, it's like connecting the smallest part of the story to the biggest part of the story, which I think in you know local law, when you're kind of telling family histories and you're telling the stories of your families, 
uh, and your friends, you sometimes miss the bigger picture. And right in the middle of this, to your very good point, was Iran-Contra. And it was just a, just an untapped mine. Yeah. And a, just a very, very unexpected way in. And all we were trying to do was just kind of create the tension between the beginning of the story and revealing some information about uh, about Iran-Contra. And if you could do that, then you're going to have a, a ride that the audience wants to stay on. Well, that's interesting because as I was remembering what happened during that period of time, I remember John Hull like it was yesterday. That was the thing. For everyone else outside of our conversation here, let's go back to, because Gary is this wonderful window, as you just described, you know, the telling of any great story so often is about the micro illuminating the macro. And Gary is a character. I don't think you could make him up. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable story prior to his involvement with the stuff that, that you mentioned. And I don't want to give too much away. So Ari, where do we start in terms of describing Gary Betzner and how do you tell people about this without well, giving me this, this whole yeah, story? Yeah, tri- it is tricky. I think, I mean, think of it in three distinct chapters, right? Yes. You've got chapter one, you have the disappearance of a family man and extremely talented pilot, crop duster, who's working as a crop duster, but has bigger ambitions, right? Clearly. And the search for his body obviously starts begging questions and theories and the unpacking of who is this guy and what has he really been up to. Episode two is really the romp and the ride into Miami and that whole area in the 80s, which is like uh, probably one of the most exciting and also probably very familiar uh, worlds to the audience. I just don't think they're used to seeing a guy like Gary as the vehicle to telling the story, right? right? And of course, along the way, you're also sort of getting the perspective of his family and you're getting this kind of intimate perspective of of, of, of who's sort of on the other side of his adventures. And then we think of chapter three as really the ascension of his role as this pilot, and we could just say smuggler, and how ultimately that smuggling turns to smuggling something else, something of much bigger political implication, right? Like it cracks open a world that we don't think of when we think of Hayes in Arkansas, right? So that's what I mean when I say you've got an anti-hero, you've got a guy who in a lot of ways is just like the audience, right? He's an American guy, kind of wants to have it all, right? Has big dreams, has big ambitions, like a lot of us, and probably feels a little trapped in the confines of, you know, what most of of our lives are like not saying that I'm a ha- I just happen to be a dad. I'm not saying that has anything to do with it. But you know, there is that element of you know how far can I go? And there is that Icarus thing, right? That idea of how close can I get right before I burn? I think uh, I don't know if that helps, but that's the way that we usually think about it. He is a lovable scoundrel, if you will. Uh, yeah. He's sort of a manifestation of someone's id. Like it just whatever in that moment felt like it was the best thing for him to do. And and yet, as the film goes on, we see him reveal himself as someone who is more self-reflective and and could have been a better father, could have been a better husband, could have done a lot of things differently. So over the period, of, over the course of this documentary film, you come, I came to, I say, appreciate him. I don't I don't know how much I liked him, but I appreciate it and I can understand. And also the headiness of going from crop dusting to the enterprise, if you will, that he was involved in and the people he met along the way. It, yeah, you again, it's an incredible story. It's just incredible. Phil, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we couldn't have asked for more. I mean, it was, you know, I think there's always that tension when you find a story that's sort of stranger than fiction. You're always waiting for the shoe to drop. You're always waiting for the person to say, oh, they bumped their head. You know, right, it's something right, right. they made up this whole thing. But every single time we intersected his story with something we could fact check, it checked. And it's police records. It's FBI recordings. It's uh, yeah. CIA people on the ground down in down in the, the theater where we're talking about. And we spent a lot of time fact checking and being on the phone with these people who didn't appear on the show for obvious reasons because they were busy at the time. And every single time they they could have helped unlock some of his story and our confidence in the story, you just dug deeper and something else revealed itself that was even more amazing. What, what does this tell us about, first of all, when you see the footage of Ronald Reagan and George Bush and Oliver North and you know, John Kerry, you see these people through the lens of today looking back, yeah. you know, into that kind of peering back into that point in history. For me, I'll just say it, it reinforces more and more of what I believed at the time was happening, but I was told I was crazy to think it. I mean, is that does that ring true yeah. at all? So you, yeah, you nailed it, right? I mean, that's very much what I think ultimately, if you keep going, that's what this series really, you know, ultimately becomes about, right? Or, or at least a huge, a huge piece of it. Like, first of all, we want the audience to feel this weird sense of nostalgia, right? Because you, you got all the, you got all the superstars in there. You got Clinton, you got Biden, you got Cheney, you got who am I missing? Reagan, whatever, Kerry, and. Not only is it fun to see how those people have aged, but it's also, it's impossible to ignore that if you understand Iran-Contra in context of 2022, you have to suddenly see it as some kind of precedent or some kind of beginning of where we are now. Like you couldn't have gotten here if you hadn't been there first. Right. And I think that's something that it, it, it's not meant to be a political view. It's really more just about pure mechanics of, oh, okay, well, let's sweep that under the rug and then let's keep going. And next thing you know, you know, here we are. I think that that's something that I, I'm glad you took, came away with that because I think that's something we really want people to just think about. It's not, it's not about deciding, it's just about thinking. Uh, let me just real quick, because I only have a minute left. For me, it's the beginning of the great unraveling you know, of, of yeah. Americans. I mean, first of all, we had Watergate. Yes, that undermined a lot of our perspective on government. Yes. But this was something more than that. This was the entire apparatus of the military, the CIA, the, the executive branch lying bald-faced to the American people. And, and given the context of what happened in 2020, it makes all of those things along the way kind of uh, kind of markers, kind of yeah. things that we now, our, our faith in our institutions is so diminished and so cynical in terms of just, you know, how we view these things, that it's not hard to see how we got here. Yeah, it's milestones. It's, it is. And one last thing about all of that, you know, the secret war in, in Central America, it was only secret to the American people, right? The, the people in Nicaragua knew what was going on. The people in Costa Rica, El Salvador, they all knew what was going on. The people in the rest of the world knew what was going on. The only people who didn't know was the American public. And I think that is such a lesson we need to take away from so much of what's in this film. Thank you so much. Uh, the film is called The Invisible Pilot, actually the three-part documentary series, The Invisible Pilot. Gary Bester is an incredible, amazing character, and this is an amazing story. And I strongly recommend you check this out on April 4th coming up, and uh, you'll be able to, the series will begin then. And as, a, as an American citizen, as a citizen of the world, you need to watch this. Uh, thank you, Phil Lott and Ari Mark, for your work. And I hope you'll come back anytime. Thank you. So thank much. you so much. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.